Thank you. Hello. Greetings. Sit down. <laughs> man, how are you guys doing? Good. Um, man, the girls section looks really nice and full up front, and the guys section has two people on the front row, which is awesome because my middle school life group didn't even sit on the front row for me. And you know what? That's Hey, thank you, Clayton. Clayton's moving on up. I appreciate that. All right, Clayton's my new favorite life group member. All right. Okay. Sorry, I feel like my muscles got really tight while I was playing the drums, so that was just a little pre-service stretch, and also got a little bit of sweat going on. Um, I think I'm just composing myself. Like Morgan said, uh, we're finishing the Covenant series, which is really only two, so I don't know if that counts as a series, but it's a two-parter. Um, last week, we talked about um, Covenant, kind of some historical background, what Covenant is, a little bit of Old Testament Covenant, um, the blood and the guts part of the Covenant, and standing in the walkway of blood, and cutting your hand open and drinking it and all of that stuff um, and learned kind of some history and some background on what covenant is. And today we're going to talk about um, the new covenant, which is what we're living in today, why covenant is still important to us, why it's not just something that they did way back in the Bible times and it's not really relevant anymore because we're not slaughtering oxen in our backyard and doing things like that, but how it's still something that impacts our everyday life and how it's something that is important if we really want to live our best life or live a good life or have a life um, with Jesus and with God. So if you remember, we talked about um, some of the different covenants that uh, were mentioned in the Bible. If anybody can tell me all of the ones that we talked about, I'll give you a dollar. Um, and I tried to, I tested myself earlier and I remembered all of them, but not in the right order. Embarrassing. But uh, we talked about how all of these covenants that we see God make with um, either uh, his people, the nation of Israel, um, or Adam and Eve back in the, in the very beginning were really stepping stones to get us back to a place where we started with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He made that first covenant, and that was his original plan for the earth, and it was um, a plan that was essentially Adam and Eve living in a paradise and being in control of the Garden of Eden and um, being stewards of the, the earth that God had created for them. And then they messed it up by sinning, and then God keep had to keep making new covenants, and then his people would blow it, and then he would make a new covenant, and he, his people would blow it again. But every covenant was getting us a step closer, humanity as a whole, to what we're living in now, which is the new covenant, which was created when Jesus came from heaven. Um, and he was, we talked about how in the Old Testament they would have to sacrifice um, an animal, and the blood would be an offering to um, kind of cover their sins. And um, Jesus coming to earth and being that sacrifice, he was a, a perfect sacrifice and so it's not something that had to be um, continually done like in the Old Testament, but it was just once and for all he was sacrificed, and that was that. It took care of it forever. And so we're going to really get in um, a little bit to the, the New Covenant and what that means uh, for us today, what uh, that provides for us, what's God's side, what's our side. Um, and But like I said um, last week, the covenant that we're in is the best covenant that we could have because all of the other covenants had um, – Either, like I said, it was something that would only last for a year and you would have to redo your sacrifices. And there was this list of curses. If you broke the covenant, there would be all of these punishments that you would go through um, if you didn't strictly adhere to your side of the covenant. And this new covenant is an everlasting covenant. And it's a covenant where we have the most authority um, out of any of the other covenants. We're able to live the best life. We're able to have the best relationship with God, the closest relationship with God. And uh, I want to start out by reading a scripture in the book of Ephesians, um, chapter 2. And 
I want to start out talking about uh, the fact that we live in this covenant is what um, what gives us hope and what gives us the ability to hope for a good life and a life in Christ. So we have uh, Ephesians 2.12. It says, in those days you were living apart from Christ. Um, and this is talking to... Um, to, uh, they're called Gentiles, and in the, some of the, uh, most of the Old Covenants were made with just the nation of Israel, um, which were God's people. And so people that weren't a part of that nation were excluded from the covenant. So this is who he's talking about. He says, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You live in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So we see that the new covenant is a covenant that is all-inclusive. Everyone has the opportunity to opt in and become a part of this covenant with God, whereas in the Old Testament it was just with one group of people. And if you notice, it says that you were far away from God before the covenant came in, before you enter into that covenant with Jesus through what we would call being born again, being saved. Is that, am I the only one seeing that? Is that light freaking out? Amen. Um, <laughs> but this is an all-inclusive covenant. You have the opportunity um, to take part in it. And that's why, you know, you see so many people, especially right now, um, are living without hope, without a hope for a future, without hope for a good life, without hope of really ever becoming anything or doing anything important. And right here we see the answer why that is. It's because without this covenant, you don't have hope. Without this relationship with God and everything that he provides for us, there's no hope for a good life. There's no hope for living the life that God has for you. And so even a lot of Christians sometimes, they'll be you know born again, and when they die, they'll go to heaven. But they're not living fully in the covenant that God provided for them. They don't know what all is in the covenant. They don't know what all is available to them. So they're living a lesser life, and even they sometimes feel hopeless. And it's like, well, I'm a Christian. I'm you know, part of God's family. Why do I still feel like this? Because they're not fully aware of the covenant. They're not fully aware of everything that they have in the covenant and everything that they can be walking in um, in their everyday life. And so that's <clears throat> excuse me, why it's important for us to talk about this, talk about everything that's included in this covenant, because once we know that it's there for us, we can take a hold of it and we can start walking in it. And that's going to improve our day-to-day -day life. That's going to improve the way that we live. And it's going to improve the impact that we can have while we're here on the earth. Amen? So um, this is something that um, if you were here on Sunday night with uh, Pastor Owens, he talked about covenant a little bit. And I really loved what he said. So I stole a little bit of it and I stuck it in my message. Don't tell him. Um, but he was talking about how uh, the covenant that we have now is the same covenant that we're going to have throughout eternity. So a lot of times as Christians, we can um, kind of idealize the, like, oh, well, when we get to heaven, you know, there's not going to be any pain and there's not going to be any sickness and nobody's going to be sad and it's going to be perfect and we're all going to be living. Um, but a lot of people don't realize we're living in the same exact covenant that we're going to have in heaven. So when we cross over to the other side, it's not going to change into a different covenant. It's not going to be different things available to us. We, we have all of that available to us right now. If we learn to operate the covenant and learn to walk in the covenant, we can have heaven on earth right now. And that's not just a cliche that you can throw around. That's literally you can have um, heaven on earth. The only difference is the place that you're in when you're walking this out. We have some more opposition and things to overcome in the earth, but it's nothing that we can't overcome through the covenant that God's provided for us. So um, I really loved when he was talking about that, that, you know, 
this is the covenant that we have from now until forever. It's not getting different when we get to heaven. We can have that now. And he talked about being uh, joint heirs with Jesus. And what joint heirs means is, um, say if I were to die and I wrote a will and I put <laughs> my two favorite quarry members, uh, Tillett and uh, Noah, in my will, and I put them as joint heirs, that means they're getting the same amount. I'm splitting my guitars between the two of them, splitting my pairs of vans between the two of them, splitting my money between the two of them. Everything that I have, gets they, they both have equal share to it. And so being joint heirs with Christ means we get the same thing that he got. It's not Jesus got all of this power and he came to earth and he did these miracles and he, he lived this, this perfect life and this crazy life that we could never dream of living. And then we kind of get the little leftovers and it's like, yeah, I mean, you can have a pretty good life. You can... You know, I heal your runny nose every now and again, and you can do this every now and again. No, we have that same exact right and the same exact power in the covenant that Jesus has. So when you read the Bible and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see how Jesus lived and you see the things that he did and the things that he walked in, we can do those exact same things in our life. That's what being joint heirs with him means. And that's what the Bible says we are when God wrote the covenant and it was fulfilled when Jesus went to the cross and rose again. We, have, we were brought into that, and we have the exact same power and the exact same ability uh, that Jesus had in the Bible. Amen? <laughs> Got too excited about the covenant. Almost knocked my water over. All right. So what I want to talk about for a little bit um, is what is provided for us in the covenant. And it's a very big list. There's a lot of things provided for us, but I'm going to go over some main ones here, and I'm going to give you guys... Um, scriptures for every one of them. And the reason that I'm doing that is because when you're believing for something or you're um, asking God for something, it's always good to have a scripture to stand on because when you have that scripture, you can put your faith around that and say, this is what you said in your word, um, which is your covenant with me. Therefore, this is what I believe I can have. And so it's really good if you're um, praying or believing God for something, find a scripture to, to stand on. If you can't find one, Ask a life group leader, ask me, ask TJ. You can ask somebody to help you say, hey, I'm believing for this. Can you help me find a scripture to stand on? Because when you find that in the Bible, the Bible is essentially the terms of the covenant. And the New Testament or the New Covenant is where we find what we're living in right now. And so if you find something in the New Testament, that's something that you can stand on and believe God for. And so when to fully walk in the covenant that we have, we have to learn what the terms and conditions are. Instead of just, um, you know, like I said, people will just become a Christian and then just kind of, you know, go about doing whatever. You're not learning about the covenant. You're not being skillful with the covenant. And that's why things aren't working for you. It's like, um, it's like, uh, it's like, what's it like? Legos? It's like building Legos, which is for you specifically because you build huge Lego sets. And Keegan, no, it's Keegan, my bad. Um, Keegan, did you build the Taj Mahal? Is that what you built? Yeah, you built a Taj Mahal Lego set. And when you got that Lego set, did you just dump the pieces out and start putting them together and just throwing one piece on the other and just doing whatever you wanted and be like, ah, I don't even know what the Taj Mahal looks like. Where's it at? Ah, is that what you did? No. What did you have to do? He looked at the instructions. Good job. So the Bible is our instructions on how to walk in a covenant with God. Just like Keegan didn't dump the pieces out and just start throwing stuff together. You can't just pray a prayer and just throw your life together and be like, ah, oh, why is it nothing working for me? Ah, oh, why am I sick all the time? You got to read 
the instructions. You've got to read the terms and conditions, and you've got to figure out what's God's side here, what has he provided for me, what's my side here, what am I not doing in order to receive that, what do I need to do in order to lay hold of that. Amen? Uh, so we're going to look at a couple scriptures here, and uh, I want to read first in 2 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 3 and verse 6. says, he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving Life And I talked about this a little bit last week and uh, mentioned it earlier, but this is a covenant of life. The old covenant um, came with a curse, and then it came with a curse of death, and this says it ended in death um, because there was no eternal life under that covenant. Um, but under this covenant, we have eternal life. So when we die, it's not the end. When we die, we won't come back as a giraffe or something. When we die, it's not nothingness. When we die, we leave our bodies behind but our spirits are going to live forever and under this covenant we're living forever with jesus in heaven and that's part that's you know the biggest part of this covenant um is the everlasting life it's not a covenant that just ends in death it's a covenant that continues on into eternity and so that's a really uh really good perk um when you die you don't have to die you just go on to heaven um the next scripture i want to read for you is in uh romans chapter three and uh, this is about the, uh, the promise of righteousness. It says, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. <clears throat> we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standards. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for our sin. People are made right when God, with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. <clears throat> this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. So, like I mentioned earlier, um, in the Old Covenant, um, you would have to uh, sacrifice would be something that you would um, perform multiple times. It wouldn't just be um, a one-time event. You would have to, it was a whole ordeal. You would have to have the high priest, um, and he would go through his entire ritual, and he would wear certain things, and he would clean himself a certain way, and um, he would bring the animal, and, and he would sacrifice it. And that sacrifice would cover your sins for a year. And then the next year, you would have to do the entire thing over again. Well, with this new covenant, like I said, Jesus was a perfect sacrifice, and it's not a sacrifice that has to be repeated, but it's one that lasts from now into eternity. So it was a one-time thing, and now your sins are not just covered, your sins are erased. And that's a really important difference if you think about the difference between something being covered up and something being erased. In the Old Testament, there was no really being righteous. Your sins weren't ever really taken away. They were just kind of covered up. You threw a sheet over them. And then maybe the corner of the sheet would start slipping down and some wind would blow and the sheet would come un uncovered a little bit. And the next year, you're like, all right, you got to do it again, cover it back up. And you cover it again. And it was something that 
was not a permanent fix. It wasn't something that would ever really cleanse you of your sin. But now, Jesus' blood, what happened when he died for you on the cross, when you accept Jesus, your sin is wiped away. It's like hitting the delete button. It's not there anymore. And when you continually sin, because we all fall short of the glory, we all sin, when you come to God, you confess your sin, and you repent, it's wiped away again. It's like you never sinned. And Jesus, in God's mind, he looks at you when you are, have repented of your sin. He looks at you the same way he looks at Jesus, a perfect person who's never sinned in their life. And that's really important because, like it said, the, um, uh, in the Old Covenant, there were the laws that you had to follow, and there were penalties that went along with those laws. But in this New Covenant, there's forgiveness of your sin, and it's like you never sinned. And so um, that curse of the law under the Old Covenant where you would mess up and there would be all of these punishments, that, that's all done away with. When you repent and you um, accept Jesus' forgiveness of your sins, then they're wiped away completely. And that's um, another super important benefit of the covenant um, that we get to walk in. And um, so it's not just a covering of your sin. It's a complete uh, obliteration of your sin. You're completely destroying your sin, making it like it never existed. Um, And therefore, you're able to be in perfect standing and perfect righteousness with the Father. Amen? Next scripture we're going to look at is in Romans chapter 8. And this is a promise about the, um, the power that we have. It says, The Spirit of God, who raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. So when he's talking about the Spirit of God, another way to say that is the power of God. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead when Jesus died and he was dead for three days, and when he came back to life, that same power, that same Spirit of God is the Spirit that's living within you. And so when we think about the power that we have while we're here on the earth, the authority that we have while we're in the earth, it's that same power and dominion that raised Jesus from the dead. It's that same power and dominion that Jesus walked in uh, his entire ministry where he was commanding demons to leave people. And while he was taking authority over all of these different things, that's the power that we can walk in now as believers. We don't have to go through life um, not having any power, getting beat up by things, having to just take things, let things happen to us. We have authority and we have power to be conquerors and to have dominion over things that come against us, whether that's attacks from the enemy, whether that's um, things that we're dealing with in our personal life, whatever that is, we're not helpless. And that's um, one of the biggest benefits as well. I know I've said that about it. They're all the biggest benefit when you really think about it. Um, But the power that we have while we're on earth, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven and be like, ah, finally, I'm free of all of that bondage and those shackles that were weighing me down on earth. We, we can have that right now. We have the power and authority and dominion over um, e- any evil force that's working against us. So whether that is um, something that is coming against us personally, maybe that's something that's on our school. Maybe that's uh, a spirit of division or strife that is in maybe our friend group or in a place that we're at. Maybe something that's coming against our church. Maybe that's a feeling of um, anxiety. Maybe that's a feeling of um just a question like an unclearness we have the power and authority to rebuke all of that we have the power and authority to say we don't accept that and then walk in what god has provided for us instead which is a sound mind which is clarity which is um, peace amen that's another promise that we have that god has provided for us under this new covenant amen next one we're going to talk about is the promise of healing. And in Matthew chapter 8, uh, verse 17, it says, This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, 
who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. You've probably heard that scripture before, or uh, 1 Peter 2.24 as well, by Jesus Christ we were healed. Um, it's a very popular scripture, but one that's not taken uh, seriously a lot of times, because a lot of times people will know that scripture and still be sick all the time. And it's like, do you really know that scripture, though? Because you can memorize it and quote it, but unless you have that revelation of, no, God's provided healing for me. Jesus went to the cross. He was beaten. He was whipped. And because of that, now I don't have to be sick. I don't have to have this disease. I don't have to have this pain. I don't have to deal with this issue that I've been dealing with. That's something that's provided for you in the covenant. And if you don't fully understand that, you don't realize that, then you can't step in it and walk in it. And a lot of people don't. And that's why you see a lot of Christians that are living sick. Now, I'm not saying that the devil's going to come against you with like, you know, I'm not saying if somebody gets a cold and it's like, you don't know the covenant, you're not walking in it. But people who are just always sick, you know, anybody that's just always sick, and you're like, how's it going, man? And they're like, oh, I get a cold. And then the next time you see them, you're like, how's it going, man? And they're like, oh, I got the same thing, tailbone issue or whatever. I don't know. That one's a random one I pulled out of a hat just now. I don't know where that came from. But uh, <laughs> when we learn that healing is provided for us in the covenant, when we learn what Jesus went through to provide that healing for us, the amount of pain and suffering that was placed on him so that we don't have to be sick, then we can more easily step into our healing and receive the healing that God has provided for us. Amen. Next one I want to talk about, uh, we're going to look at Luke chapter 4. And uh, verse 18 says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captive will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. Amen. And so I'm talking about the, uh, the promise that we have of freedom. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people are living lives that are oppressed. They're being oppressed by something, and it's either um, anxiety or it's depression or it's an addiction or it's some sort of thing that they feel like they can't get free from and they don't have an answer for it. And the answer is the covenant that we have with God. In this covenant, he's provided freedom from oppression. So anything that, um, like I mentioned, that somebody would be struggling with, whether that's um, you know depression and anxiety, whether that's having um, not having peace, whether that's not having mental clarity, or it's, it's something that you feel like you just can't, move past it's something you feel like you can't um, get it to release you you can't get it to to release its hold on you Jesus has provided us freedom for that through the covenant Jesus has provided a way to be free from all of those things and it comes with knowing the covenant that you have with God and walking in that covenant and taking hold of it and using the authority and the dominion that you have as a believer and refusing to accept whatever it is that has a hold on you amen and um it's something that if it's, you know, to a certain point, you can always ask um, a life group leader or a leader in the church for help. You can ask for prayer. You can ask for them to help pray to get that broken off of you. And once it's broken off of you, you have the authority and the power to refuse it when it comes back. You have the authority and the power to stay free once you are free. You have the authority and the power to say, no, I don't accept that. I don't accept that I have to live 
a life under anxiety. I don't accept that I have to live a life depressed. I don't accept that I have to live in fear or confusion. That's not what God's provided for me. God's provided me strength. He's provided me uh, peace. He's provided a calm and a clear mind for me. And, and uh, that's another big promise of the covenant is that you can be set free from whatever it is that you're in bondage to, whatever it is that is oppressing you. Amen. And that's something that Jesus provided for you and is still working to provide for you. Um, a lot of times you think of Jesus's role in the covenant as already over with. He went to the cross. He died. He went to heaven. Now he's just chilling, kind of taking a little vacation because he worked so hard here on earth. Well, Jesus is still working for you. Jesus is still uh, has a part in this covenant. Like I mentioned earlier, Jesus is the high priest of this covenant. So he brings that blood, his perfect blood before the father. Uh, Jesus is uh, the mediator of this covenant. So when you're when we were lost, when we didn't have any right to come before the father, Jesus bridged the gap. Jesus made a way for us to come into the father's presence and have fellowship and have a connection with the father when we didn't deserve to. Jesus is our, it says he's our intercessor. He sits by the father and he intercedes for us. He prays for us. He's um, advocating for us towards the father. When we, uh, it says when we confess our sins and we repent of our sins, Jesus is sitting there uh, almost like uh, he's defending us like in court. He's going to bat for us. And he's saying, well, they, they sinned, but they're confessing it. My blood covers that. And then that sin's being wiped away. And most importantly, Jesus's role in this covenant is Jesus is the reason that we can be uh, 100% certain. The Bible says that Jesus is the surety of this covenant. So he's the reason that we don't have to question. In the old covenant, you had to rely on a man to be your high priest and to do all of these things. And men make mistakes. So there would be times where you know, you couldn't fully 100% be like, I don't know if this high priest was really doing everything right to cover my sins this year. So we might all get struck down with some hail later on. Um, but with Jesus, we have 100% faith and 100% certainty that the covenant has been fulfilled and carried out on God's side. And so all of these things that we've talked about, we can be 100% sure that they are provided for us and we can wrap our faith around it and stand knowing not having to guess, not having to wonder, not having to just, oh, man, I hope that I get healed. No, we know for 100% that these things have been provided for us and that Jesus is advocating with the Father on our behalf for these things. Um, and so that's just um, it's something that we don't think about a lot is Jesus' role in the covenant still to this day. He's constantly going to bat for us and constantly vouching for us and sticking up for us, uh, which is really awesome because we need it. Amen. And real quickly, I want to talk about, um, this is kind of a whole other um, section, but I just want to mention it briefly, and it's um, what our part of the covenant is, because it's good to know what God's part of the covenant is, and it's we need to know everything that's provided for us, but if we're not carrying out our side, then it's not going to work, and we can wonder, oh, why isn't this working? Well, you're not doing what your side of the covenant is, and there's, excuse me. Like I said, um, when we fall short of our side of the covenant, the good news is we can always repent, and then it gets wiped away, and it's like we've never messed up in our entire lives, which is awesome. Um, but a couple quick things I just want to mention, and um, you can write these scriptures down. We're not going to read the whole things. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, it talks about uh, these new commandments that Jesus gives, and he says to love God and to love other people. And these are things that we need to be walking in. Um, as our part of the covenant, if you read the New Testament, it, it gives you um, a, a map and an outline of how you need to be living um, under the new covenant because a lot of the letters are letters that were written to churches where they're saying, like, hey, you guys aren't living right. This is what you need to be doing. 
Um, so when we read that, like I said, when we read that instruction manual, um, we really get a, a better picture of what our site is and, and what we need to be doing. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is in 2 Corinthians six seventeen. it talks about um, living a life that is separate from the world, living a life that sets you apart from the world. Uh, Angie used this word early, earlier, um, that we're supposed to live a consecrated life, and that's a life that uh, where we're not doing everything that the world is doing. We're not living the same lifestyle that the world is living, um, but we're living according to God's rules and, ac- and according to what God has told us to do. Um, and this is really our part of the covenant is living, okay, we're God's people, and we have a covenant with God, so we're not going to live like everybody who doesn't have a covenant with God. There are uh, stipulations that we are following in order to receive all, this, all of these things that God's provided for us. So we want to live a separated, a consecrated life, a life devoted to God, and a life where we are obedient to what he's told us to do. Amen. And then um, the third thing I'm going to mention is in excuse me, Romans 12, verse 2. The Bible tells us to renew our mind. It says, don't be conformed to the world, but renew your mind to what the Bible says. Renew your mind to God's way of thinking. Renew your mind to what God's covenant is with you. And that goes with learning the covenant, learning the instructions. We're supposed to be renewing our mind. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean, um, well, that means that we're continuously updating the way that we think to line up with how the Bible thinks. Because you don't come into this world thinking how the Bible thinks. You don't live a life in a school and, you know, around all of these people and then automatically think the way that the Bible thinks. We have to read the Bible. We have to know what it says. We have to meditate on it. We have to think about it. And we have to renew our mind to God's way of thinking and to God's covenant way of living. And this is why, you know, you you hear a lot of things about the way that you should be living and the way that your life should be. Um, Especially right now, you could hear things like, um, you know, there's young people are more depressed than ever. Young people are more anxious than ever. Young people have less money than ever. Young people are needing X, Y, and Z medications more than ever. And that's what the world is saying. Well, that's normal now. You know, everybody needs antidepressants. Everybody needs, you know, to be on this type of medication. Everybody's bummed out. Everybody's sick. Um, and if you hear that long enough, your mind gets renewed to that, and you start thinking, eh, it's normal. This is just the way life is. This is the way that we're all living. Uh, you know, we all got the short end of the stick, and it's a bummer, but that's, that's life, right? But that's not what the Bible says, and that's not the life that God provided for you. And when you renew your mind to his way of thinking, you start, um, you start being able to separate yourself from that and say, no, you know what? The world is telling me that I have to live this way, but God told me that I can live this way and that I can have this instead, and this is better and then what that is, and so I'm going to pick this instead, and so we need to renew our mind to what God says um, that we can have, and, and the life that God says we can have, amen? So hopefully this has helped you guys see um, what is provided for you um, in this new covenant that we have, and um, I want to do one thing before we close, and Steve, you can come up and, and play a little bit, but um, some of these things that we were talking about um, that are provided for us in the covenant, um, healing and freedom um, are, the Bible says that as a believer, another covenant promise that we have is that you can lay hands um, on the sick and that they would be healed. And um, we're going to be talking about healing soon here at the quarry and how to, you know, receive healing and stay healed. But what I want to do tonight is I want to give you the opportunity if there's something that uh, is wrong in your body, if there's a pain um, or, you know, sickness that you have, 
feeling pain, if anything hurts, or if there's anything that you feel like you need to be set free from, um, you have, that's a covenant right that you have to be free from any, um, any kind of mental thing, any kind of depression or anxiety or not having peace, any kind of fear. None of that has any place in our lives as Christians. None of that uh, should be allowed to stay in our lives. And so I want to give you the opportunity tonight, um, if that's something you need, um, to come up here and I'll just pray with you really quick and you could be set free from that. And then um, you can start fully walking in um, the covenant that God has provided. Um, so if that is you, if you do need prayer, you could go ahead and come up here. Um.